Do you know what would really boost my morale, Duncan? What would boost your morale, Rob? What would boost my morale, Duncan, is if people were to like, subscribe and leave a five-star review for this podcast on their preferred podcast app. It would boost my morale too, Rob. Like a tot of rum. This week, I'm taking the podcast deep into enemy territory for reasons that don't really make sense. As we watch Sam Fuller's 1962 Burma action movie, Merrill's Marauders. Coming along for the ride is a half-witted yokel who joined the army when he heard it was taking his favourite mule. Hello, Duncan Weldon. Hello, Rob. Duncan, you picked this film. I did, I did. I know you're sort of, you know, handing over there. So for listeners, you know, Rob sort of gestured at me. There, so this is your fault. Um, I, yeah, I mean, okay, a few reasons. One, we we haven't really done a sort of World War Two in Asia war movie. We've done no. a Prisoner of War movie, yeah. which I think is slightly different. But, you know, it, it's... And, you know, when I think back, there aren't a great deal compared to what we get in, you know, focusing on Europe. Um, about World War II. This is one of the, um, one of very few. And it's a film which I first saw with my grandfather, who had been in the sort of 14th Army fighting in Burma, and was always, I think, slightly annoyed that there were a lot of films about sort of 1940 Dunkirk, an awful lot of movies about sort of D-Day to the end of the war, mm. Arnhem, a lot of desert war movies that... Very, very few movies about Britain's war out in against Japan. Um, so it was, I think it was probably, I presume, in 1962 when this film came out, was probably quite happy someone was finally doing a Burma movie. And they managed to do it about the 3,000 odd <laughs> Americans in Burma, as opposed to the more than a million imperial and commonwealth or Chinese soldiers. But it was at least a Burma movie. Yes, because it's not like there's no action in Burma, yeah. you know, and it's not like there's no exciting stories. There's, there's, you've got sort of Chindits and yeah. Lord Wingate sort of fighting kind of guerrilla warfare. You've, um, what there are is prisoner of war movies. There's Bridge yeah. on the River Kwai, there's, yeah. there's King Rat, there's um, Empire of the Sun uh, a bit later, but, you know, yeah. there's a sort of, there's a lot of being a prisoner at the hands of the Japanese. But if you if you sort of imagine the history of the war as told through through cinema, it just yeah. basically feels like in 1942, Britain surrenders everything, yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, yeah. east of Suez. Everyone prisoner of war camp. Yeah, and then later, um, <laughs> yeah it's interesting. It's kind of, you know, you've got like, you know, Imphal and Kahima are very large, important battles. You've got you've got the Chindits, like you say, with Ord Windigator, you know, is calling out for a biopic film. Very, very strange. He's very man. strange. The more you read about Ord Windgate, the stranger he yeah. is. Yeah, so you've got all of that sort of Chindit stuff with like this very interesting character heading it. You've got all of the stuff from like, you know, you, you've got a British army cut off for a bit in the Arakan box being supplied by parachute drops. You've got all of these things that would make for exciting war movies, but we just haven't done it. It's like, you know, I was thinking... You know, the Indian Army in the Second World War was the largest volunteer army in the war. And I can't think of a single film about the Indian Army in World War II fighting the Japanese. You get the odd sort of, you know, Indian soldier turning up in Europe in movies about Europe or mm. particularly North Africa. But yeah, just, it's you don't just even strange... get that many of them in, in North Africa, considering yeah. how, how many of them there were in mm. North Africa. Yeah, it's... it's just a very strange cinematic blind spot. So what we are left with is films like this, which is, I mean, great film, but um, but it's a very, very American mm. 
telling of Burma. Yeah, and and there are there are some. I was, I was thinking about films about the Far East. There are films about Marines taking islands. Yes, yes, Santa exactly. Pacific, and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think Halls of Montezuma is like that as well. And yeah. but yeah, no, you're right. There's, I mean, I, I haven't seen Objective Burma. At some point, we will do Objective Burma. Yeah. I'm guessing that that's Which is an earlier film than this. Yeah, isn't that's it? Yeah. that's end of the war yeah. and. Errol Flynn, and I suspect we may have some some gratuitous American <laughs> action in that one as well. Yes, an extraordinary mission. I remember doing years ago doing the writing the obituary of a um, a Gurkha who'd got the VC yes. um, somewhere in this neck of the woods. And the stories, the, the, the bit the bit that sticks in the mind is as he takes on the Japanese machine gun nest having run out of bullets and grenades and the hole through which he's crawling being too narrow for his uh, his uh, crookwood blade, um, he picks up a stone and that's what he uses to finally take out yeah. the, the nest, a rock in his hand. And you sort of, as you're reading, yeah. reading the citation and sort of typing the obit, you think... Okay, that was quite an interesting. That sounds like quite an interesting sort of afternoon in the office. Oh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the Fourteenth Army called themselves the Forgotten Army, and certainly by cinematog by cinematographers, they He's, are. Yeah. Well, uh, so let's talk about the real hmm. Merrill's Marauders, or as they were known, the five thousand three hundred seventh Composite Unit Provisional. Yeah, I mean, it's a less catchy title, isn't it? Or a Force <laughs> Galahad, I believe. <laughs> so, yeah. Force uh, Galahad is good. I like Force Galahad. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is like, it comes out of the Quebec conference, I believe, which is one of these sort of interwar, um, sort of, you know, strategic conferences in which it's decided it would be useful to have an American unit fighting in Burma um, alongside the um, British, British and Imperial and Empire Commonwealth forces on sort of deep penetration stuff inspired by. Useful how? I think politically. Right. I think I think politically is the answer that, you know, it's not like 3,000 men are going to make a difference on the yeah. front. Um, but it would be useful to show that this is something the Americans are taking. There's always the worry. So you've got the in the Pacific War, there is always the worry that the Americans and the British are on quite different pages. Right. That America is responding to a Japanese attack and mm. Britain is protecting an empire. Right. And the Americans might not be comfortable with Britain protecting an empire as much as they want to defeat Japan. Yeah. And I think from a British point of view, having Americans fighting in Burma is very, very useful in terms of being able to say, look, you know, they, they, they damn well do think we should keep India in Burma and look, they're helping us defend it. <laughs> yes, it's not clear that the Americans did think that. No, no, but, no. So, I, I mean, they actively didn't by yeah, the end so, of the war, but yeah. So the, this, this, this sort of, this composite unit is um, put together to be... And they're all sort of recruited, they're mainly sort of veterans of the fighting in places like Guadalcanal against, out in the Pacific Islands, which yeah. is where, you know, America's land war against Japan until this point has been mostly sort of, you know, island hopping and fighting in all these mm. different Pacific islands. So, yeah. And this is a unit, you know, pulled together from veterans, sent to India to be trained and sort of doing what the Chindits have been doing for the past year and a half, which are these sort of deep penetrations behind Japanese lines. Yes. Now, we, we've mentioned the Chindits several times. We ought to just... that. This is an officer called Ord Wingate, um, who is a deeply unconventional creative thinker yeah. who has, in fact, fought a already a sort of guerrilla war in uh, Abyssinia, as it was then called. And he gets back to Cairo and yeah. is so unpopular that at one stage he attempts suicide. And uh, and then Wavell gets him, who's commanding in the yeah. Far East. And, and Wavell was a, is a fan of Wingate and a yeah. fan of unconventional war. And he gets 
Wingate, I think, out to yeah. to India, where the idea is basically men can go. They they will go deep into the jungle. We will drop supplies to yeah. them, and they will have it. It's not clear to me how tremendously successful this no, idea No, I, I don't think is. any of it actually was. No, it's it was it was it made for some great stories, and there are some daring operations and all of that. But I think you know it doesn't change the. There's a great. They've got a, they've got a decent memorial in Westminster as well. The boldest measures are the safest. Yeah, it says on it, and I think, oh, that's a good. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a, not yeah. yes or not. But lo- lots of trekking around the jungle with lots of mules. Yes, like and and there is slightly origins of special forces. Yes. stuff in this, in the sense yeah. that they're learning lot. They are learning an awful lot yeah. of things about how how easy this is. Yeah. This actually is, and yeah. all of the all of the things that can kill you that aren't the enemy. Yeah. So they've given the the Americans are given this awful name, and the journalist comes up with Merrill's Marauders. Yes, which General is, Merrill. Yes, much better. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of war correspondents go along, don't they? Yeah, Brigadier General Frank Merrill. Yeah, um, I think they're certainly along for the training. I'm not sure how much of the war yeah, they're yeah, along for. Yeah. I think it might leave them behind. Um, Two thousand seven hundred and fifty of them. Uh, yes. Then, at the start of 1944, head into Burma yeah. to do sort of. I mean, I don't know if it counts as behind the lines if there's. Two and a half thousand of you. I sort of think the lines are wherever yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, but the, um, yeah. but yeah, the idea is that they will sort of it is a flanking maneuver, sort yeah. of to get behind the Japanese and yeah. cut their supply lines. And they are under the command. They are not under British command. No, General Stilwell wants to command it. So this this is the thing. So the overall commander of the Allied forces out in this bit of the war is Montbatten at this point. Montbatten's got various subordinate commanders, one of whom is Joe Stilwell, an American general very associated with America's China policy around this time. Um, and Stilwell's angry that he doesn't have any infantry under his command. So he's like, ah, here's some Americans. They, they, they can be mine. <laughs> yeah, they might have been happier had they not been. I, th- yeah, I, th- yes. I think we will learn. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's another sort of political yeah. reason for this yeah. mission is that Stilwell wants to do, wants yeah. to do something. And yeah, well, this is the other interesting thing that, you know, in Ameri- we tend to think of this as sort of the Burma campaign from British point of view. The Americans mm-hmm. think of this as what the um, um, China Burma India theatre, I think they call it, CBI. Yeah, it's, I don't uh, think that if even 15 years ago, I would have been able to tell you that the Chinese fought in World War II, yes, actually. Yeah. I go talk about bits of the war that are written out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I knew that Japan had invaded China, but I somehow yeah. in my mind, I don't I know, I knew that yeah. Japan had invaded China because obviously I've seen the Empire of the Sun, this kind of thing, but yeah. I, in my mind, Yes, Chinese that was a different bit of world. Yeah. That wasn't World War II. That yeah. was something else. And then you yeah. get into, well, when did World War II start? And yeah. That kind of thing. So, yeah. um, yes. Now, when the film comes out, films made it comes out in 1962, we're at a very interesting moment politically in America. Yes. So the Korean War has just finished. Yes. Which slightly explains why you never see any Chinese soldiers. Well, no, yeah, and it's phenomenal to do a film about, you know, Joe Stilwell, like, you know, the, the big biography of him by Barbara is called Stillwell in China. You know, this is like the, the association of Stillwell is the guy that was in China in World War II. Um, and yeah, yeah, you, know, you make a film which is a character and there are no Chinese people. It's, because it's, because because they don't they've been just been fighting against the Chinese. Yes, they yeah, don't yeah. want to get into a discussion about how d- a yeah. decade earlier they were fighting alongside the Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. this kind of thing just <laughs> makes people ask questions. <laughs> so, and I mean it's interesting you do get the impression at various points that Americans are quite hazy about the geography even of bits of the world where yes. a reasonable number of them died. Yes. But um, the Vietnam war has conflict is at this point 
not a made not it's not so no, much that got, it hasn't kicked off, but it has there, it doesn't it's, really, it's not, not really an American war at this point. It's yeah. it's a French it's I think it's still French Indochina, is it? I don't know. Maybe uh, no, it's it's, no, it's, no, it's South Vietnam by now, it's and it's Kennedy's Kennedy is sending advisors and they're slowly ramping up involvement, but it's not you know, it's after sixty four that you get to big ground force yeah. deployments. The other interesting thing about this film in terms of why it was made and so on, the trailer for it. The trailer's tremendous. The trailer, which, I, which I, is, I had never seen the trailer. Which is on Amazon. The trailer, yeah. And if you, don't, if, if you don't even watch the film, just, just watch yeah, the trailer. Because tell us about the trailer. Well, trailers... <laughs> Sorry, the things about this film to say is it's filmed in the Philippines with the Philippine army and real US special forces. Mm. And whoever was doing the marketing of this film clearly decided that was a really, really big selling point. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing, there is a, there is also, I think you and I have seen different trailers, because the trailer I saw is an Amer- is just an American Special Forces soldier, the senior Special Forces commander. Oh. No, this is the one. Right, we were talking, because I, I, I said to Duncan listeners, you've got to see the trailer on Amazon. It's amazing. So, oh, I watched the trailer on YouTube. Yeah, no, no, you have to get, well, just... Just sorry, I'll follow you more. Do as you're told. <laughs> this is why you're back with the mule train. <laughs> it is just a special forces commander talking about American special forces and why this film that's coming out, Merrill's Marauders, is so special. It's just it this is, sounds tremendous. It's absolutely brilliant. It's just I don't even know if it has any scenes in the films. It's just it's just a very senior. <laughs> Very senior man who shortly will be sending people to their deaths in Vietnam, see, leaning is... on his leaning on his desk and saying, "You've got to see the great untold story of World War II." Now, see, this actually makes a lot of sense to me now because in the early sixties, basically Kennedy is obsessed with special forces. Right. So from nineteen sixty, well, Kennedy wins in November nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty one, sixty two, the film comes out in sixty two. Yeah. Kennedy is obsessed by the special forces. There's loads of people around the administration who think this is the this is the future. So like the entire White House press corps are dragged down to Fort Benning or whatever it is in Georgia to watch special forces training because uh-huh. this is all they're really, really into it. So it makes yeah. sense to me. There will have been an awful lot of news coverage in late 61, 62 about special forces. So I can see why they might have thought this was a good trailer. <laughs> Right, right. No, that makes sense. And you can see again. You can sort of see that that that, that this is a because this is a film about jungle warfare yeah, yeah, and so yeah. on. And this is a film about jungle warfare before Vietnam has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it means a different thing. There so we are. Yeah, so, th- yeah. This is this is jungle warfare when it's sort of veterans of Guadalcanal who know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, going into a different jungle. It's not you know, nineteen twenty year old draft number came up finding yeah, themselves in the Bronx. It's, uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Katie Riley. On the slow newscast from Tortoise, Donald Trump became the first former U.S. president in history to face a criminal trial. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. This is not a trial. This is not an act of criminality. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. This is the story of his first week in court told through the transcripts. Listen now to the Slow Newscast wherever you get your podcasts. So let's go to the after action report. Dad, they're on the cable car. I mean, the, 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 the sort of the structure of this film, the first 20 minutes of it, I thought, well, this is great fun. Yeah. I can see why, I can sort of see why 10 year old Duncan loved this film. Yeah. You've got, you know, good 
hearted US testosterone oozing yeah. off the screen. There's it's all it's of... a hard opening as well. Yeah. It's it's just like, here we go. This is what the yeah. film is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of it, it's a quite different film. Yeah. And I was completely sucked, not knowing what I was, because I'd never seen this before, yeah. not knowing, I was completely suckered in, if you see it's what I mean. It's not a film. Yeah, I, I, I thought it, always... it feels very John Wayne at the start. Yes, and I think it's a fascinating film for the early 60s, because it almost feels at times, at times it almost feels like a post-Vietnam War film. Mm. Yeah, no, there's all sorts of reasons why you couldn't have made it post-Vietnam, but yeah. it does, it, there are, by the ending of it, it's it's much more subtle. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a the director is Sam Fuller, who will go on to make um, The Big Red One. Yes, which is a which, great film. Which is a, the film he wants to make at this point because he had been in First Infantry, The Big Red yeah. One, and that's that's the story he wants to tell. Yeah. And he can't get the money for it. And yeah. somebody says to him, if you make this, we'll give you the money for The Big Red yeah. One. And then he falls out with them. Actually, he falls out with them because I think he wanted a different ending. Okay. And they say, well, you can't make The Big Red One. Yeah. So we have to wait another sort of 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he has a he's a combat veteran who sort of has a quite a specific view of, yeah. of all of this. And, well, we will come to what happened to Meryl's Marauders. <laughs> but there is a limit to how... John Wayney, you can make this story. You know what I think is really, really interesting? In some ways, in some ways, you know, one of the categories we sometimes speak about is commando movie, and there are mm. aspects of commando movie in this film. Very, very unusually for lots of these big American war movies, it just has none of the usual tropes. Like, usually, if you're going to focus on some men, you know, you'll have one from a ranch in the, um, in, in the Midwest or Texas or something, or some very Christian one that just married. Those tropes aren't there. Well, there are some tropes. I mean, I, I think I'm going to disagree with you here I, because there are different set of tropes. Yes. Right. So you, yes. And, you, and they don't even really bother with character names. No, no, you don't so, need um, <laughs> So let's look at the names of some of the characters. Um, you've got Bullseye. <laughs> what do you think Bullseye might be good at? You've got Chowhound. You've got Muley, yeah. who looks good after the yeah, mule. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, this is yeah. nominative determinism at another yeah, yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, we can't yeah, yeah. even be bothered to call them Smith and Jones. Yeah, yeah. And you've got the sort of the, the, the paternal relationship between Merrill, the commander, and the, yeah. the young lieutenant, who does have a name. He isn't actually just called young lieutenant. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> West Point. Second lieutenant, Lee Stockton. Yeah. Um, what I thought is it's not quite a commando film because in a commando film, in a commando film there is more of the... You know, here's the best man with a knife I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. Here's the explosives expert. Yeah. You know, it's more of a unit thing in the sense that it it, there's lots of there's lots of unit films in which you have one guy who's a crack shot. Yeah. You know, and and that yeah. kind of thing. That what you don't have, you, but you don't have many of these characters. You don't have one guy who's a joker. Yes. It's film which really goes into issues around morale and all of this in a way which again just feels feels unlike a lot of you know you said you know I, you thought this was going to be like a John Wayne 1960s movie yeah it's very much not a John Wayne 1960s movie you know, it's, it's morale it's physical exhaustion it's just you know marching hundreds of miles through jungle mountainous jungle at that mm. just isn't very pleasant <laughs> and you the, the sort of the arc of the story is you open with this great action sequence. You can understand where everyone is. You can yeah. understand how it all fits together. And you think, as I say, you think this is going to be one kind of war film. And by the end of it, it's just 
men clinging on. Yeah. The marauders do make their way deep into Burma, yeah. 750 miles? Yeah, in about five like. months or something. Yeah, yeah they, so. they are fighting all the way. Yeah, and, and, and this is really, this is some of the harshest, thickest jungle on earth and it's mountainous. And lots of it. why they might not have been grateful that they were under an American command, Stillwell has mm. determined that they can do this on, yes. on lighter rations. Yes, yeah, so historically what's happened is the Americans have something called a jungle ration Stillwell has decided there's no need for that. They can use the standard K ration, which is... Uh, yeah, yeah. When, when would you use the jungle <laughs> ration? <laughs> so the K ration is... It's meant to give you three meals a day. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just over 2,000 calories. Like yeah, uh, yeah. But, but people don't eat all of it because some of it is just really bad. So you, you lose calories that way. It's not very yeah. bulky stuff either. Uh, you know, 2,000 calories a day should be all right unless you're... Trekking through. Unless you're fighting your way through through mountainous jungle. Terrain, yes, there, there's you know. a stat that the people that made it through, the average weight loss was 25 pounds over five months. So what you're stone and well, getting towards two stone in five months is you know I mean it's a good Weight Watchers diet. Uh, not one I'd not one I'd recommend. And, and, yeah. and we, we will we will come back to the people who make it through, yeah, but yeah. not a lot of the people make yeah. it through. I it's. Um, but the film goes uh, in. The film. The film. The this. film captures that. I mean, so, yeah. it captures that completely. And and it's it's you know sort of set up from the start. You've got yeah. you've got this character called Doc. Um, we never quite establish what his job is. Mm-hmm. Um, Doc, who is responsible obviously for the medical welfare of the whole. Yeah. You know, and um, at the start, he's just worrying about about Merrill, but yeah. but quite quickly re- he realizes that he's yeah. got he's got quite a lot of them to worry about. Yeah. There's a tremendous arc to the final scene where, first of all, you've got this sort of battle, the yeah. the um, what they call the Banzai charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, nice and charge in it. then the sort of the Merrill, and this, I mean, Merrill, this is true. General Merrill had his second heart attack. Yeah, around this time, yeah. Yeah. a young man as well, and this inspires his men, exhausted and bloody, to get up and take the hill, as it were, and it, it's. Um, I read a description of it where somebody, one of the a memoir where a guy was writing about, you know, that by this stage he had dysentery, he's passing blood. Yeah. All he wants is to be unconscious. He doesn't care if the Japanese take the line. I mean, they're fight, and I, yeah. I think it does completely capture. Yeah. That's the level yeah. that they're fighting at. Yeah. That um, she's not so dumb. There are <laughs> women in this film. There are well, Burmese women. Yeah, but you. you I mean, they're not, not none of them. Are, none of them are a great character. No, you're no. not winning the Oscar. There is, again, I mean, they're used to good effect because you get you get the sort of. I mean, you do get the slightly tropey sort of American officer saves so saves Burmese yeah. woman bit, you know. Yeah. But there is also actually when the I think it's an older woman is is feeding one of the soldiers and he's just crying. Yeah. At that point, you think, okay, right. <laughs> That's good. That's a well done scene. Now, I, w- I had been, up until two hours ago, I had been going to say that there are essentially no future stars in this film. Have you found one? I did find one. Well, <laughs> I say that. Are you familiar with the career of Peter Brown? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stumbled across one of the best website guides to this film is on the Peter Brown fan site. Who did Peter Brown play? Uh, he's Bullseye. Okay, okay. And what did Peter Brown go on to do? Well, you see, you sit there going through the list and you go, where's the, where's the reason why a Peter Brown fan club exists? He's in American TV westerns. And actually, a lot of the actors in this were TV actors. Yeah. Um, and he's one of them. And apparently, 
if you, I can't even remember what they're called, but if you watched American TV Westerns you will in the seen... 60s, you will, he, this, this guy was a senior player in a couple of them. Um, well, there we go. Peter Brown. Yeah, Peter Brown. And if you're in the Peter Brown fan club and you've just come to this podcast, can I just say how welcome you are? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, these lot of TV actors. You get the impression the budget for this wasn't huge. And I think they do a very good job with it. Yeah. But, um, but it's not, it's not. It's not a massive budget movie, is it? No, no. I, 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 I but it, but uh, they. I mean, they made, it's made with U.S. Army support. It's also yeah. they're filming in the Philippines, and they called themselves, I think, the United States Film Production Company. And at some point, it, they realized this may have been deliberate. But the people of the Philippines are convinced that this means that they are there on behalf of the United States government, ah. and they are quite happy to to allow this misapprehension to continue. <laughs> <laughs> so let's turn to the casualty list. Well, we can't. I can't find a movie body count, but why don't you take me through the actual body count of the Merrill's yeah, Marauders okay. mission? Okay, so um, I mean, it's quite high. Um, Two thousand seven hundred and fifty members of Merrill's Marauders entered Burma. Burma. The end of the operation. Uh, only about two hundred surviving members of the Marauders were present when it was finally disbanded in August nineteen forty four. The 5,307th um, Provisional Combat Team had 130 combat-effective men and officers. The stat I absolutely love, just breaks up the terror of this, of the 2,750 men who entered Burma, only two were alive at the end who had never been hospitalised by wounds or major illness. You can find in the podcast universe a, a really interesting interview with a medical officer from the Marauders. Um, I mean, just search Merrill's Marauders and you'll yeah. find it. And, I mean, he has views. It's, it's uh, dysentery, has, isn't it? It's, it's it, malaria. It's, it's all sorts of things. It, yeah, it, it's as, as much as it's the enemy shooting yeah. at you, it's all of the other stuff. They And they get all kinds of weird... Again, this is sort of hinted at in the film yeah. that, the, that, there are thing, that there are things that are wrong with the men that they're not telling the men about yeah. because they, they can't treat them. Yeah. When they hook up with the Chinese, yeah. alongside whom they are actually fighting... Um, it turns out that they, they all get dysentery because the Chinese like to go to the loo in the water okay. in in the streams. And the China, this doesn't bother the Chinese because the Chinese also all boil their drinking water. Yes. But the Americans don't boil their drinking water. And again, I think we have to lay this one at Stillwell's door. There were sort of senior Americans trying to put men back into the line who plainly shouldn't have been in the line. And then there are accounts of, you know, the medics sort of running after trucks trying to get men off. Yeah. It's all, it all just sounds... Absolutely great. I mean, it's an horrifically managed operation yeah. in many, in many <laughs> regards. No, no, no doubt about and, it. And I think it, 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 when they finally, they sort of get to their, their final objective and the, the, by this stage, Merrill is no longer in command because he's had his second heart attack and yeah. his, the colonel who has taken over command writes, a, writes a, an account of all of this. I can't remember why he's denouncing. I don't know whether it's still well he's denouncing or why, but, but he sends his letter which ultimately will lead to a sort of congressional inquiry yeah. and other things, but first of all, ends his career. Yeah. You know, this is an absolute horror show. Yeah. Well, the Cooler King Award for the most gratuitous American character. I mean, you could argue the entire unit yes, is I'm gratuitous. Yes, I'm giving it Merrill's Marauders. Yes. It's, it's, because, because they were, I mean, they at least mentioned the fact that there are British off somewhere else. Yes. yes. The, the fact that they never mentioned the Chinese. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, it was only when I was doing the research afterwards, I was like, oh, 
they, they talk about the Chinese quite a lot, the people yeah. who were actually there. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's bought it a Sarge Award for the best death. I mean, I've got the Japanese. There's an awful lot of Japanese dying in this. The Banzai charges are sort of, yeah. if you like this kind of thing. I've got Muley. And yep. dying at the top of the mountain, we made it, Eleanor. And then he drops. I mean, yeah, you do sort of understand that basically men are just now dropping dead from. Oh yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I should have added to the body count. Um, none of the horses and only forty-one of the mules survived. <laughs> Eleanor doesn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> no. um, but actually, my favourite death is the man who uh, who keeps asking, "Did Lemdek make it? Did Lemdek make it?" And the doctor says, "Yes, Lemdek made it." And the man leans back and dies. And yeah. um, the general says. Who's Lemdek? And uh, did Lemdek make it? And he said, "That's Lemdek." Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I think so. I, I don't know. Who, I can't find a credit for who played Lemdek, yeah. uh, or indeed mentioned Lemdek, or how you spell Lemdek. But Lemdek is my best. I think death. Lemdek probably gets. I think, I think the Banzai charges though are they're, they're just really well shot as well. You don't often get it that sort of visceral. I don't think. Who has the stiffest upper lip here? Merrill. Yeah, I think I think I think yeah. Merrill dog. I think Merrill's just you know Merrill has fanned himself in this ridiculous and awful situation which is getting worse and worse and worse he has not enough resources to do what he has to do and what he has to do keeps being upped and he copes with it in quite a sort of yeah stoic way i think he's given about two-thirds of the way through he's sort of given the choice not to continue yeah and he opts to continue yes and obviously the film is sort of presenting this as a heroic moment i have to say at a distance of <laughs> distance of 60 years i was sort of thinking you could stop yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting, but I guess this film is what, uh, 17, 18, 18 or so years later, mm. in which this yeah. will still have been regarded as a, you know, very, you know, the people that made it will have been rightly very proud of this. And I guess, yeah, those are. There, I believe at the time that... of recording, there is still one Merrill's Marauder really? left alive. I mean, one died, the, the second to last one died at the age of 101. And again, I mean, if you are listening, word man yeah <laughs> well done but um let's to skip forward slightly to the broadsword radio award for the most completely implausible moment there is a point in this where stillwell explains that his greatest fear is that the japanese will link up with the germans yes 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 it is early 1944 at this point and we're talking about the japanese fighting in burma and being pushed back in burma to be yeah, clear yeah, yeah. where are the where is the, uh, the where, are the, the, where are the other Germans at this uh, point? The other Germans at this point are somewhere along a line through central Belarusia and um, central eastern Ukraine. Would you like to guess how many miles that is? From Burma to central Belarusia, miles. 2,000-ish? Three and a half. Thousand. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't... 2,000, I'd be worried, <laughs> but... I don't think that the Japanese are, in fact, going to link link up with the Germans and and threaten anything. I yeah. Sort of... yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a line which comes to mind. Um, Lord Salisbury, when he was British Prime Minister in the 19th century, was once asked, you know, why what, why is why does Britain really care about who controls Constantinople, modern Istanbul? Because it's always spoken mm. of in terms of if, if Constantinople is controlled by the Russians, then India will be under threat. And um, he replied. It mainly comes from statesmen using maps on too small a scale. <laughs> this feels this feels like the um, the same the same sort of issue that yes, the Japanese army are not going to link up with the Germans. Yes, you, yeah, I mean at a deep level, and not to diminish the undeniable heroism of the real men who did yes. this. It is never clear to me at any point in this film 
whether any of these men need to be doing this hellish thing. Yes. Now, um, it's interesting because I, I can't imagine Stillwell actually said that. So obviously it's inserted into the film. And I wonder if even by the early 60s, we're already in sort of a frame where World War II is fought against the Germans. Yes. So if we're doing a film where World War II isn't fought against the Germans, we need a line explaining why this is partially about the Germans. If anybody thinks the, Ameri- the, 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 the World War II is against yes. the Japanese, it's the Americans. Yes, exactly. Surely, you know, exactly. I, yeah, yeah. I think it's obvious if you're an American why you're hopping from island to island, yes. you know, in a... Japan would direction. Yeah. It may be harder if you're an American to understand why you're fighting. Why, the why, Burma, you're, why the, you're protecting your Burma? Yes, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. India. And to be fair, it's, it's, it is quite hard to understand. Yeah. I mean, also, we are looking at this through the lens that we know that what will end this war yeah. is not, in fact, American troops arriving in yeah. uh, in Japan. Yes, the Dan Buster's Dog Prize for problematic moments. The thing that I feel uneasy about in these films when I watch them now, and I don't know whether this is just my modern woke sensibilities, how do we feel about the treatment of the Japanese in these films? Yes, yes. Um, it's difficult. They're, they're never really given... They're never characters. They're sort of almost caricature mm. monsters. And, and they are just guys who will, you know... Keep charging keep, at keep you. Keep charging yeah, at you. Yeah, and, yeah. and, I mean, slightly, I guess that's probably how the war felt. Yeah. Clint Eastwood films about Iwo Jima are actually quite sensitive on yeah. on all of this. And even the one that's from the American perspective, it, it, you get a sense of, okay, right, these are real people. I I have to say, Bridge on the River Kwai has an important Japanese character who is a who is a man with yeah. interesting motivations and so on. Though when we get to it, you'll find out that the true story was even better. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to do Bridge on the River Kwai. But no, you're right. But I think, uh, but I think certainly <laughs> even by the 60s, you know, sort of portrayal of the Germans in cinema has yeah. moved on a bit um, whereas the Japanese it, it never quite does I don't think yes really. we, we, we are in, in, by, the, by the 60s we, you know, we, we are allies with the Germans against the Russians yeah but, but, but um, Japan's an ally as well I mean not militarily yeah, but it's yeah. a, it's a, and yeah I think what the charges in this film you know very reminiscent you know, the Japanese army did do this in the second world war but it's also a tactic the Chinese were using in Korea the decade before and I mean, you know, for mm. a lot of the American audience Familiar not just with the Second World War, but the Korean War as well. This will have felt more, more present than it does today. I think, I mean, some of the combat sequences from this film, I think, are taken from other films. I'm, although it was some of the scenes. So it's definitely you know, one way to keep the budget down. Yes, well, like, there, there was a, I think, yes, you do feel like there's a, there's a budget, you know. Yeah. Judgment at Nuremberg. How many war crimes are committed in this? I mean, we, we said when we were talking about Paths of Glory that, it's not a war crime to abuse your own troops. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there is, I don't. I, I. I. can't think of a specific war no. crime. I mean, it's. It's basically U.S. commanders. Yeah, are, yeah, are, yeah, are yeah. Sort Really, of, really screwing um, it up. But yeah. Um. They made up surprisingly little of this. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's based on a non-fiction book, isn't it? Of yes. The, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other amazing thing about this film that gives it a level of pathos is that the man who plays Merrill, Jeff Chandler, dies. Essentially, immediately after making it, and very, very young, wasn't he? Yes, I mean, younger. He's one of these actors who had because he was prematurely grey. He tended yeah. to get asked to play men slightly but older, early early forties. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and um, yeah, we're defining early forties as very, very young, Rob. That's very. We important. certainly yeah, yeah, no, are. No, That's yeah. um, <laughs> so he's playing baseball with some of the American soldiers yeah. who are who are taking who are sort of extras, and. It's, I don't even quite. It does something to his back, and so when he eventually goes back, he has an op, and the op goes wrong, and and he, and dies, yeah. he dies, which is a sort of so there's there's sort of the level of pathos that in a yeah 
certainly when you sort of find that out just after watching it, you think, my goodness, actually this film did did really kill people. Yeah. It seems slightly glib, but um, was he? Was yeah. how big a star was he? Obviously, his career was a cut contract off. player. Um, which, is, which is a big thing in sort of 50s, 60s yes. Hollywood, isn't it? Um, so, and he's, you, you know, he's got he's got good looks. I'm trying to see what he's known for. Known for Broken Arrow. Man, he's, this is, I mean, according to IMDb, this is not even the film he's known for. You sort of feel like if he's not a leading man, he's a, he's, he's, he's I think he's on the poster for Man in the Shadow. Broken Arrow, obviously, is a James yeah. Stewart film. He's on the poster for Female on the Beach with uh, Joan Crawford. He's listed. He's he's topping the billing in Yankee yeah. Buccaneer. There we go. Um, I don't think he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. But uh, I think people knew who he was. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Duncan, is this the operation that changed the course of World War Two? No, it's not. But, but it is a. But it is. Is it at least Burma. the operation that changed the course of the war in uh, the war in Burma? No, it's not. It's not. Right. But it's nice to see some attention on the um, the Burma yeah. the Burma campaign. So I'll give it I'll give it marks for that. I think that's the thing. Partly is that the Burma campaign ultimately doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Hold on one moment. <laughs> I mean, if if so, you know, it's, it's Field Marshal Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Forty five. So Field Marshal Slim, um, commander. That you know, he he takes over an army which is wrecked. He turns them around. They drive the Japanese back into Burma. Right. Had that not happened, the Japanese would have actually been able to invade India. Now, does this change the course of the war? No. But the politics of a Japanese army actually making it into India would have been very, very messy. You don't quite know what the various, you know, anti-British colonial rule parties would have done it would have got it would have it would have there complicated are, the war in asia a lot there are sort of independence activists in india who are not, oh yeah there not, are there not, are there very are some much not on our side <laughs> oh, there are some yes the indian yeah. national army is fighting alongside the japanese and sort of and some british some indian prisoners of war who were fighting alongside the brits when they captured enter you know fighting mm. alongside the japanese it's a, it's a messy it's a messy conflict, but and it's, I think it, it matters that the bulk of it takes place in Burma rather than in India. Proper. Right. Okay. So the Burma campaign, if it doesn't change the course of World War Two, at least keeps World War Two on course. Yes, I think that's fair. But but this operation but doesn't the, the change the course of the campaign. Operation does it? Doesn't isn't? No, yeah. No. Yeah. But you know, what a bunch of guys. <laughs> Worth dying for. I think it's a good That's, film. I, I think, think it's a good, good film. film. I, I I I rented it thinking I will watch this and I will never watch it again. Yeah. I mean, I then I then I slightly regretted that because I thought actually I could better watch. Yeah. It. So it's third time. So I, I first saw it in I presume the eighties, um, late eighties, early nineties. I saw it again about ten or fifteen years ago when I was sort of flicking through channels and came across it in a way that one rarely flicks through channels. Yes. Um, ten what, fifteen. What, years. I don't even understand the words you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it again for this, and I thought, actually, I, I, I'm pleased to have seen it three times. It, it's got surprising depth mm. for a 19, early 1960s war movie. It's got more focus on sort of morale and what happens when logistics go horribly wrong mm. than um, many of the films of that type, but coupled with quite good action sequences, some of which may have been borrowed from previous films. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think... Quite good story. You, can, good cast. You, can, you can see where the big red one comes from. I, I yeah. want I want to watch the big red one again now and, yeah. and see how that fits in. But yeah. yeah. Merrill's Marauders. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening. Next week, we're fighting the Battle of the Atlantic in the Cruel Sea. Thank you.